1: up? Welcome to episode number 343 of On the Corner, the official Petrolist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the uh, very dark Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing?
2: What is happening? Uh, that is not for my mental state. That is no. Is it because I can barely even
1: see it? Turn the light on. I want to see my number one handsome well, boy. It's just
2: blinding. I have to go through all these and days. You're, you're out the of light focus.
1: On. You're out of focus too. I can't how's see. This?
2: You good? Put your hand. Do the thing where you put your hand out so I can see your Pretty no, face. Oh, you uh, got totally. it. Anyway, focus. hi guys. Uh, this is I'll the other the corner my boy. Podcast. And um, last week I was in Maine, mm-hmm. and I did it on my own, and it was with my MacBook. Laptop audio, and I, my my cable was broken for the Blue Yeti. I was really upset about it. But we've got beautiful audio, and more importantly, we have the beautiful Alex Fastback.
1: Happy to be back. Decided to fly into a hurricane last Tuesday because we were supposed to fly a Wednesday. As I told my coworkers, I needed to fly into a hurricane so I could be a flower girl at a Disney wedding. And here I am. The wedding is on Thursday. I've got my floral suit all planned out. I have a lovely sickness from my five month old daughter. But that doesn't matter. I'm ready to party. The playoffs are about to start. The people who are listening to this, you're the real sick baseball fans. We think <laughs> we we think we're crazy. You guys are listening to a podcast where at this point there are two more days of games left. But you're That's trying to get that days. final edge. You're trying to get that yeah. final edge. Win those roto leagues, because all the other leagues are donezo. You're trying to win those Roto Leagues right now, and hopefully we're able to provide you with a little bit of help. But before we begin, Nick, I noticed something interesting that I wanted to get your your two cents on, because this is not a pitcher who is going to pitch in the next two days, so uh, we're not going to be able to talk about him. Uh, It's Luis Castillo,
0: okay?
1: Luis Castillo had an interesting meeting today where someone brought up his numbers about his slider, Okay. So oh, yeah. Luis Castillo is so good this year. Well, no, it, it has. It hasn't. So the swinging, I mean, in, in terms of one metric, the swinging strike rate on his slider in Cincinnati oh. on about 300 thrown was 12%. Okay. The swinging strike rate on his slider in Seattle with 249 thrown. So 50 fewer is 25%. Wow. M- more than double. And I wow. cannot for the life of me. And I've only started researching this for like 10 minutes, but I can't figure out why. It's not a change on the mound. It's not really a change in utilization. It's not a change in release point. It's not a change necessarily in velocity. It's uh, it, it's kind of baffling to me. I, I don't know if it's just – if you could say it's too small of a sample size to really be impactful, but we're talking about – 50 pitches fewer between the two, it seems like there should be a... It can't just be a change in division. It's not like he's necessarily going to an easier division, going from the NL Central to the AL West. So, I don't know. Do you have any potential insight as to what Luis Castillo... i kind of putting you on the spot here for a very specific thing. Well, no, thing. it's all good.
2: Um, I mean, I will say that slider has saved Luis Castillo, considering the changeup has turned into a 14% <sighs> swing strike rate pitch this year. Uh, if you're thinking of yourself, wait a second, is that a really... Kind of strange. Doesn't Luis Castillo have a really good changeup? Yeah, 2018, 2019, 2020. Not a single season under a 24% swing strike rate on that changeup. Right. This was known as the changeup in the majors. 40% CSW on it in 2018. 33% in 2019. I uh, CSW this year 22%. Luis Castillo's changeup insane. So that slider has has been a major impact for him. He's used it more. It's been excellent. I I, I think there are two things that could be at play here. Um, One, I think Luis Castillo is leaning more into four seamers. Um, And I think for whatever reason, that consistency with four seamer is changing how he releases the slider. That could be one aspect. I've been thinking about that a lot. There's been a lot more emphasis on, on that, I believe, as a mariner. I mean, it's gone up six points. This season from 27 to 33%. And how am I getting this information? Well, of course, the Pitchless Player page is the best place for your stack-ass data. And it's gorgeous and you can see everything. Um, You should be using them, you dingus. Uh, And they're only going to get better. Oh, let me tell you. They are only going to get better. Um, Oh, oh, boy. Anyway, um, the other thing I got to say is when you change teams, you have conversations. I remember uh, Justin Verlander and Zach Granke talking about sliders. And if you remember the label of the MLB logo, like on the baseball, you can't throw your slider on that side of the ball to prevent the the logo color being more apparent to the hitter, right? I mean, those are, that's one example, but maybe he talked to, uh, to Robbie Ray and they learned something about it. Maybe they saw a little tweak here and there. You never know. Some conversation could change things. The very least, uh I, I think the Mariners have made it more of a focus. And I think that's also part of the reason why the changeup is worse. I imagine that the changeup getting more on the side of the ball, which isn't good for a four seamer. I imagine he's getting a little bit more on top overall, which is then amplifying the uh, the slider release, but making the changeup worse. That's my best guess for the transition of better slider, worse changeup and more four seamers. But who knows? I mean hopefully we can find a Enosaurus conversation. Um, where he can uh, track down Castillo and get to the bottom of it.
1: So Maybe you let me know if you think this is kind of a fun idea or not. So this is, this is what I used to do a lot when I was trying to really get into the nitty gritty of whether or not a pitcher uh, had changed his grip. I'm going to let you in on my little industry secret, okay? Ooh. Do you know what website has the most high resolution images of a pitcher's grips in baseball?
2: Uh, probably,
1: I would say Getty Images. A hundred percent, and people oh, never use it. When I used to, when I was working at MLB and we started the MLB Pitch Class thing, and I would get a message from someone at Statcast that was like, "Has this person changed their grip?" The first thing I would do if there was no way to contact the player would go to Getty Images and take a look and try and compare their grips, you know, weeks apart. And I don't know. Should, should we? Should I don't know. I don't know if this is a worthwhile exercise for you and me right now to have fun parsing through Getty images, photos. I've already started to do it. Um, But uh, I'm going
2: after him right now. You you guys are asking like, wait, hold on a second. Why are we talking about this today? It's because we got two days to focus on. All right. If you listen to the plus pitch podcast this morning, you'll hear me go through all three days as well. And if you don't have that, you got to get PL plus to listen to it. You really should be. It's I'll be doing PL plus stuff um, through the off season um, for the plus pitch cast. Uh, I am actually looking at two change ups right now for uh for Luis Castillo. Yeah. And Okay, one is a four seamer, one is a changeup. Okay. One is a <clears throat> pitch, pitch thing. But anyway, we, we got a, we got a shorter podcast. I don't think we're gonna go long on this one. <laughs> for once, for twice. Trying, I don't I know. know.
1: I know, but until I introduce this notion of trying to find out what the difference of the the uh what's
2: fascinating. About. I've never done this before. i love What, to
1: it. Go, get any images? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen. Maybe I don't want to bore people while we try ah. to figure this out. What you think you found it?
2: No, I got the chi- I got the change-up grip.
1: No, yeah, it's it's tougher to find the slider grip. He's amped up the usage a little bit since he's been in Seattle, but I, I have some other tricks of the trade that I can show you. Hopefully, oh. by the time this. Podcast is is over. Nick and I will have delved into whether or not there's sort of a grip change. <laughs> it's also different because it's difficult to see spin access. Like, right, like you want to be able to see if he's holding the ball in a particularly different way. There's a lot of things that you can kind of note um, in. Uh...
2: Well, okay. um I'm taking a look now. Okay. Uh, I it, and it's at different points in the delivery, so it's harder. This is I've got my magnifying glass right now. My what is it, my hunter's cap? Is that what okay. Sherlock has on? Yeah, it's like the thing with the flaps that he pulls up, right? Or he, he, I sure, yeah, hey, I know what you're talking about. I I do wonder if there's extra wrist pron- uh, pronation or supination. Yeah. Oh. He, he's he's twisting it back where he's pointing his his um uh, his thumb into his right side of his right hand, right? Uh, I, in in Cincinnati and turning back more so if. While in in uh, Seattle, uh, it does seem like he's not doing it as much in two photos I'm seeing, but it could be later in the delivery. Uh, let's try. Let's that,
1: let's find the let Let's find
2: two slider images first. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. This
1: is ex- exhilarating. I know. But maybe it is. Maybe people listen to it. They want to get to the <laughs> bottom of it too. You want to talk about raw insight into what our actual process is. This is exactly what it is. So I sent you one image. I believe that's the
2: slider, right? That could be the four seamer. That looks like a four seamer. I can't. It's difficult to tell. Yeah, it's hard I because I mean I think... they're pretty close, four seamer and uh, and slider. They're close enough, but I think I see too much or too little of the horseshoe. Like the the um the index finger is too far on the left for that yeah. slider. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're not. We're never going to get to a definitive answer right is now today's but, uh,
2: podcast. All right, guys. So really, what I, what's interesting is that the list today I made it so that's three days. I ranked them all. Um, we're not going to do Mondays, so that's a third of it gone, because who who cares? It's already 10 o'clock, okay? I already screwed up with Bryce Elder. Jeez, Hayden Wisniewski was good, but still, Bryce Elder, not so good. Uh, the second coming of Kyle Hendricks. Um, so we're going to talk about Tuesday and Wednesday. Fast, you want to take it from there before you... Stop stop looking. Stop looking at right, you're, right, you're
1: right. I'm Sorry. Sorry. Um, yes, we're going to take it from this we <laughs> got we got four we got four categories that we're going to get through today. Obviously there's auto start, there's probably start, there's questionable start and there's do not start. So I'm going to I'm going to list off everyone from the auto starts we're not going to really talk about them because they're auto starts. There's nothing to talk about. However, sure. before we do <clears throat> before Nick kills me, we're going to introduce what the theme of today is. Oh, yeah, what is it?
2: There's only four things today.
1: Exactly. And as a result, the theme is famous foursomes. Famous foursomes is. I, the I really theme dig for that. Today. Yeah, that's a good one. I was just googling it yesterday to try and think of a good Halloween costume for for the fam. So famous foursomes is going to be. A, what do you need four fast? Me, Zelda, uh, Kristen, and Tokyo.
2: Oh, Tokyo. By the way, really kind of your wedding to to have it on a day that there is no baseball.
1: Yes. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Really appreciate that. Yeah,
2: um, love that. All right, so famous foursomes. All right, so you want to list off the Wednesday and Tuesday starters in order. Uh, yes. Start.
1: Yeah, I'm going to skip the Mondays, like Nick said, because yeah. we've already talked about that. So oh, uh, o- so we're going Wednesday and Tuesday. Otani, Julio Urias, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole at Texas, Carlos Rodon, Corbin Burns, uh, Zach Gallen, Logan Gilbert against Detroit, and Framber Valdez at Philly. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: Um, it's the Beatles. It's got to be the Beatles. The, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, Fab Four. I mean, come on. It's there's no there's no better. Yeah. You want to tell me that easy. the Stones easy. are better, that Queen is better, that whoever? No, no. It's the Beatles. We're done. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think it's an insane conversation. Really, I I don't understand it. Well, is it the Beatles versus? the Stones? Yeah, it's always the Beatles versus Stones, not Led Zeppelin versus Stones. People, I I can't even believe it's a, it's any any. It's thought. the Beatles. It really it is 100 percent the Beatles. Anyway, um. So who yeah. do we have here? What, What, for the next
2: tier? Oh, no, all right. You listed all of them already? I completely just tuned out because I was thinking of famous sports. I mean, okay, Okay. I will say a couple things about this that's very important. Um, We don't know what's happening in the next two days with rotations. Uh, There's a lot of craziness. Um, If you noticed, Fast did not say you Darvish, did not say Max Fried, did not say Jacob deGrom. Because even though they might be listed right now as Wednesday, I do not expect them to pitch. Uh, Darvish should go game one for the Padres. They will not be fighting for the playoffs, but why would he go Wednesday? He should be going Friday. Max Freed and Degrom. If that's a scenario where the Mets and Atlanta are tied on the final day, then I can maybe conceive of it. At the same time, I wonder if it's in the best interest of Atlanta to not throw out Freed and take the gamble because they have so many good pitchers. And then if it doesn't go their way, you know, then fine. You have Max Freed going in game one, right? Yeah. So I think it'd be very, a very rare situation if the Mets win two, the Atlanta loses two, and then all of a sudden you have DeGrom and Freed going. I, uh, it just doesn't seem right to me. So um, also to note there, you have Logan Gilbert who could be going Wednesday. I don't know how the Mariners are going to plan the rotation. We know it's going to be Castillo. We know it's going to be Ray. I don't know what order. It doesn't matter. George Kirby or Gilbert as the three. The way they've set up the rotation is it seems like it's Kirby because he's going a day earlier. Yeah. So I guess they're going to start him. Or actually, Kirby goes tonight. Yeah, tonight. They're going to start Gilbert and then play Kirby for Sunday. Sorry, um, Kirby goes last to night. take it off and have Gilbert fresh for any relief work that he needs. So don't really lean on that one. Framber Valdez can just do it, and who cares? Because the Astros aren't playing until next week. Same with Garrett Cole. Um, same with Verlander who the um, Brandon Woodruff. There is Corbin Burns on Wednesday. And if the Brewers are eliminated by then, that's not an important game. I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee said, eh, Burns, you know, just take it easy. All right, we don't want anything bad to happen. Um, Gallon should be fine. McKenzie should be fine What well, he went today. It doesn't matter. Uh, and Otani, there's a lot of talk about this one. Um, I hope he does it. I think it's just too wonderful. And he should do it. So...
1: I think they're very interested in trotting them out there as many opportunities as they can get. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the probable starts. Uh, Obviously a little bit of a larger tier here. We're again skipping Mondays, going through the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays. We have Tywin Walker, Jeffrey Springs, Domingo Herman, Marco Gonzalez, Merrill Kelly, Aaron Zavali, John Gray, Jamison Tyone, Alex Cobb, Drew Rasmussen, Adrian Sampson, Clayton Kershaw, what is it called? Why is it called that?
2: Um, oh man, I I th- I think I got it. I what is it? I'm trying to remember the last one though. Hold on, I.
1: <laughs> um, I hear you frantically typing. I know, them. I know, but I
2: have it in my head. I just want to make sure I got it right. I. Yeah, who's? <laughs> okay, it's the 2010 Phillies rotation um because i mean that's the four aces and then someone random I uh, i don't even remember who that is but it's Halliday Os- oswaltz cliff lee and and hamels um as the fearsome four of that the foursome who's the fifth see that's that's the person who's random that's what i tried to find out but I uh, i don't i don't know
1: <laughs> oh my god
2: i don't know who's the fifth who cares i mean was it pedro was pedro in there No, we have to know (laughs) ellen tell us okay um but i so yeah that that's what we could because there's like some random ones in here but there's like yeah all right these are the you know the fours that you you know the guys that you feel good about and then there's uh you know some random dude (laughs) no no it was it was joe blanton (laughs) joe blanton was the fifth
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah, okay, this is a perfect one for Probable Start, yeah.
1: Yeah, he made 28 starts that year. <laughs> <laughs> Show me. You'd love man. to see it. Um, so so I will Kendrick. say, I noted, Sorry,
2: I noted um, in Probable Start and Questionable Start, the guys I felt were streamable. That is sub-20% roster. That I'm like, okay, like, take note of these. Um, Bryce Elder was today, and so was Hayden Wisniewski today. Wisniewski worked out. Elder not, unfortunately. Against Miami, come on. Um, but Adrian Sampson is going on Wednesday, so definitely take note of that. I do want to mention Clay Kershaw against Rocky Road, as the Dodgers said he'd be making an abbreviated start, um, and I don't know really know what that means. Yeah, so uh, it could be four to you know forty to sixty pitches is what I have in my head, which could mean five innings for Kershaw against Rocky Road. Let's be honest. So he's here, um, and there actually are a couple more I want to talk about. But first, we're going to take a quick break.
3: You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
1: Uh, Multiple choice. How many, without looking, how many King Coles? Okay, how many King Coles for those who are listening?
2: Of a starting pitcher in a given day.
1: Yes. How many King Coles does Jeffrey Springs have in twenty twenty two? A three, B five, C two, D eight. (laughs) What? three five um, two
2: yeah. eight I'm gonna go with five
1: five wrong he has three which is yeah. still pretty impressive Jeffrey springs obviously yeah. working the with fact a that really
2: brought it up I was like I think it's three but like why would he do this so I guess maybe is that, that's you gotta you, you know, have done throw him a zero off. as one I'm surprised he didn't throw in a zero
1: I went with the eight either you go too big or too small I went with the eight obviously yeah. for people who are wondering well, what what does Jeffrey Springs have that's gonna really be inducing that many whiffs it's his change up and. He did it in that last start against the Guardians. He picked up nine whiffs, four called strikes on the pitch. That's really what's been kind of leading the charge for him. He really kind of mopped the floor against the Guardians in that most recent start. And even that last start against Tampa, which wasn't really fantastic, five innings with three earned runs, four total runs again. Nine whiffs on the changeup, four called strikes on the changeup. If you go back to the start before that against Texas, uh, he goes up to 11 whiffs on the changeup, 10 whiffs on the changeup before that. You have to go all the way back to the beginning of September before you can find a start where he got fewer than five whiffs on that changeup. I imagine you're just really digging that upside against Boston.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just been cruising. Uh, Did you know that Jeffrey Springs is a two four five ERA this year and a 107 whip and a 26% K rate? You're going to see a lot of random tweets that include, like, Jeffrey Springs as the other one, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I think the
1: problem is Jeffrey Springs has problems with the other ones. Isn't that what he did? Hey!
2: Oh, that was well done. Because he's a garbage person? I, I am so proud of you.
1: Yeah, because he's a garbage human being. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Okay. But- so
2: you're gonna see things like how many pitchers had a fifteen percent plus swing strike rate and a sub six percent walk rate and a year rate right under two fifty with 130 innings, Jeffrey Springs. You know, you're gonna see stuff like that in this offseason. Uh the question to me is, I mean, the changeup is really good. Twenty-three percent swing strike rate this year. Uh almost a seventy percent strike rate. I Want to believe it's a peak? I mean, it's really hard to maintain those levels of success uh, on a, on any pitch, really. A no swing of fifty percent. I remember we were freaking out about Hyunjin Ryu's uh, change of fifty four percent. Right, it's not easy to to sustain this stuff. Um, so I do think there is going to be some decline there. Uh, and is the four seamer going to be? I mean, is he going to do this Blake Snell blueprint? You know, four seamers up, change ups down. Um, he has a slider that does fine. I mean, gets a lot of strikes, sixty seven percent strike rate, but Twenty-seven percent hard contact, um, not this elite pitch in my view. So, I don't, I don't know. Next year, Jeffrey Springs kind of interesting. This year, he's in an obvious groove, um, yeah. and you just can't stop throwing him right now.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about the, one, one of the other guys that you have a little bit higher up on the list, and Marco Gonzalez. I mean, obviously going up against a weaker offense in Detroit, no doubt about it, that they've sputtered the entire year, didn't you know really meet expectations. But Gonzalez has really not been good in his past couple starts. You have to go, you know, shoot, there's only been one start. Where he's had fewer than three earned runs. He got hit pretty hard against Texas, got hit a little bit against Kansas City. Obviously strikeout's never really gonna be his game, but also he's yet to he hasn't thrown more than eighty pitches in his past two starts. Isn't there a little bit of volatility here? Tigers be oh, yeah. damned.
2: But it's but it's Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. It was also Texas and Kansas City.
2: It's not Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Detroit.
2: I mean I know it's <laughs> better against lefties than the righties, but
1: you got you gotta do it. Gotta do okay. Um, the next person that we should uh, talk a little bit about is a guy that we've kind of, you know, hit upon um, recently, you know, struggling with a lot of injury over the course of the year, but has now made three back to back to back starts for without hitting the aisle, which is a nice accomplishment. Uh, okay. I think it's only happened like twice for him this year. And Aaron Savali you know, returns on the 20th of September, picks up two and runs over five innings with one walk and two Ks. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a still ill against a, uh, uh, you know, tougher Chicago. White Sox team, but then he comes back against Texas, picks up seven Ks and no walks with eight whiffs on that curveball, which is exactly what you want to be seeing from Aaron Savale. Every time I look at an Aaron Savale stat line, I want to be able to see that many whiffs on curves. Obviously, you want to be able to see whiffs on curves no matter what, but you want to. That's that's that money pitch for him. Um, What are you thinking about Aaron Savale?
2: I mean, to me, it's always about cutter plus curveball usage inside of a start. Uh, if you see over 65%, that is two-thirds of his pitches. Cutters and curveballs, things are going to be good. He's done that in the last two starts. It's what you want to see. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good about him against, uh, I believe, it's Kansas City. Uh, yeah, he yep. gets him again. Yep. Aaron Savali should be good to go.
1: Um, I think, you know, there's one or two more people that I want to hit upon in this tier The next one. Uh, you know, a, a a draft darling for you coming into the 2022 season. Obviously, a little bit plagued by injury over the course of the year, only ended up making, you know, throwing about 120 innings with a um okay 3.93 ERA, and that's John Gray hit pretty hard against uh Seattle. And now you're saying, hey, let's throw them to the to the Wolves, to the Yankees. You just thinking maybe they're not going to start a lot of
2: these guys. Uh, well, okay, so this is, okay, two things. One, this is the probable start here, which means it's not a lock. He's not an auto start. If John Gray were going against an easier team, he would be an auto start. That said, John Gray, last two starts have been about 95 and not 96. I'm not ready to write off everything and just say, oh no, now he got hit hard six earned runs. Keep in mind the one before that, zero runs over five innings. Wasn't at his peak, but he still got through it. Uh, Slider was much better in that start against the Yankees as well. I think uh, I was not against him the the Mariners as well. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think I'm doing it. If I have John Gray. I'm I'm throwing him out there. Uh, I will say John Gray is so, so fascinating to me. One fifteen whip, twenty six percent K rate this year. He has so much potential, and it took a while for him to get going. It wasn't until midway through the season they started really throwing ninety six plus. I remember a game we had ninety eight on his fastball, and I freaked out. And then of course injury hit because these are stupid oh god it was so it was so annoying i mean i i just want i want 180 innings of john gray and oh it's gonna be so beautiful i'm watching i'm gonna be able to draft him i don't know i I, I, look next week is the week of 150 starting pitchers that's gonna be a long podcast all right yeah fast that's gonna be one where i'm gonna tell you we're gonna go we're gonna make up some time here
1: i'm gonna get a divorce
2: all right the worst
1: (laughs) i'm gonna get a divorce i
2: said (laughs) it's the one it's like your last one for a Mm. while you know yeah yeah yeah. i i mean we'll do some nabs or something we'll figure it out Yeah, but i but anyway john gray is going to be an interesting topic of discussion then i don't know where i'm going to have him next year but i think or for yeah for next year next week um yeah i think i'm starting if i have john gray
1: uh i can't wait until you know we're in our 60s, 70s, and we're cool. sitting at a bar watching a baseball game, and we're sloshed. And I'm like, hey, Nick, do you remember the name of the dude that that led the Cubs in ERA in 2022 with a minimum of 100 innings? And you're going to say, are you talking about?
2: Adrian Sampson?
1: Are you talking about Adrian Sampson? And I'm going
2: to say, yeah, baby, I'm talking about
1: Adrian Sampson. Adrian Sampson has a 3.10 ERA, which, as we said, leads the Cubs. Uh, also very surprising, there isn't a single Cub starter who has thrown over 100 innings that has an ERA above 3.69, which is pretty crazy when you think about it yeah. but adrian sampson he's been better than people think not if you're looking at the csw not if you're looking at the k-rate not if you're looking at the swinging strike rate but <laughs> the era and the whip have been really really good which is why you probably have to really dig him even though he's going into the lion's den in cincinnati
2: I mean, it's insane. The last uh, last seven starts for Agent Sampson is a one six ERA in a one hundred four WHIP. That said, over thirty nine innings, um, so that includes a three point one game uh, five in there. But the last five have been at least six innings against Cincinnati, the Mets, the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Reds. So you know, four of those were pushovers, and what do you know? He gets one more pushover uh, to end the season. So why the heck not? Let's go, Adrian Sampson. Are you doing this for strikeouts? No. He said just one game above four strikeouts in those seven games. That was six last week with a 7% swing strike rate. So you're not going into this for any sort of strikeout potential. Still, this should be a productive outing for you against a bad offense. I'm not too worried about the home run chance. And since I think you go ahead and do it. For Adrian All right. Sampson. You
1: already hit upon Kershaw, so that kind of wraps up this tier. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the questionable starts here. So start to get that noodle cooking. Um, we're talking Cal Quantrill, Tony Gonsolin. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Cal Quantrill, Tony Gonsolin went yesterday. Dakota Hudson, Eric Lauer, Jake Derizzi, Nathan Ivaldi, Lucas Giolito, Michael Lorenzen, Graham Ashcraft, Javier Assad, Eduardo Rodriguez, Cole Irvin, Johan Oviedo, uh, Horn, uh <laughs> Excuse me, Jordan Lyles, um, Luis Sessa, Braxton Garrett, and Sean Manaya what, what, what famous foursome are we talking about here?
2: There's Man, there's so many ways I can go with this stuff. Okay. I'm going to go with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, why? Because the <laughs> end is nigh, and you're trying to choose the right ones to survive.
1: The four horsemen, wouldn't it be the end is nigh? <laughs> I love it, Fast. Nick, oh my God, Nick, are you okay? Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's that podcast, guys. It's the last one of the year. The roles get reversed. Is, it's you know.
1: This might be the first delirious Alex we've gotten in like 343 <laughs> episodes. I, people might be listening yeah, to me like, is remember he drunk? Your
2: vows, sitting there, I uh, next to our mutual friend that we didn't realize we were mutual friends with, and um, yep, and I and I uh, seeing your wife say. Oh, and I love all everything about you. Yes, your dad jokes. And I sat there so betrayed. So so no, I, unbelievably oh, let down and du brute. Brute? Unbelievable. Too, uh, Unbelievable. Here everybody sees it. Yeah. yeah You're I exposed.
1: <laughs> You're vulnerable. Oh my god, I turned my camera off. Um <laughs> I didn't realize I exposed myself to you. Um, but yes, horseman. Okay. The first, yes, for Um Dakota Hudson, uh, the first person that we want to talk about, kind of a, what we mentioned with Marco Gonzalez in the past, and that are not really going to get a lot of strikeouts from him, um, but you're probably going to be able to, I don't know, maybe keep your ERA down <laughs> a little bit because he's Look, going against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. Is It's Dakota Hudson. Last game was 45 pitches, but it was in relief. Yeah. And he started before that for 102 pitches. I have a belief that even though you see 45 pitches, you think, oh, he's not stretched out. That's not, you know, he's not good to go or anything. No, no, he's still throwing and everything. They're going to let him go 75 pitches. That's what he did um, against Cincinnati. The last time he went um, on, uh, sorry, August 30th, Dakota Hudson should be able to go five innings here um, against a very weak uh, Pittsburgh lineup. It's not my favorite thing. If I really liked it, I'd put him in probable start. But looking at this list of, oh, boy, and oh, boy, um, I felt Dakota Hudson has a good win chance, good opportunity to keep your ERA down.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny to look at this part of the list and be like, yeah, we're looking at Lauer, Odorizzi, Nathan Ivaldi, and Lucas Giolito, and we're in the questionable starts. And if that doesn't let you know how 2022 has gone (laughs) for a lot of these guys, then I don't know what does. At least, you know, Lucas Gilito was able to get you a quality start uh, in his penultimate start against Detroit. But his last start was against Minnesota. Two on run runs over five with three walks, six Ks. wonder if there's any back-to-back madness for him. Is that why you're leaning towards it? Or is it the fact that he's got a five ERA on the year?
2: I really think he limped through that start. Um, four seamers down to 90.8 miles per hour. Terrible command on it. A change up in slider. Did have good CSW marks, but I think it was some great and then some terrible um, with the pitch. I don't think that if he throws like that again, he'll have the same beneficial results for you. So I'm very cautious here. That said, we've seen him go from some 91 to flirting with 92 in the next one. Maybe he has better command of his stuff. So there's still potential, but uh, it's not looking great uh, for Lucas Giolito.
1: Talk to me about why Michael Lorenzen is not in the tier above, considering the the changeup is still very good. He just recorded ten whiffs with that changeup against the same Oakland team he's about to face. He's picked up, you know, six or more Ks, gone five innings each in his past three starts. Yet you're you're still on a fence.
2: So since uh since June eleventh, so seven starts he's had since then. Only one of them has been below a a uh, 120 whip, and he has not gone six innings in any of them. I feel his general stuff is mediocre. I am glad that he got eight strikeouts last time looked yeah. good against Oakland. We've seen Oakland mess guys up at times. Uh, he's also walked at least two in all of those starts, had three in that last one. He's, we're playing with fire a little bit here, and it's not a lock, as it might seem, um, for Mike Lorenzen against Oakland.
1: Graham Ashcraft, you you look at the Chicago matchup and you think, okay, and then you realize that he just got burned real bad by Chicago, wasn't even able to get out of the third, 67 uh, pitches thrown, just kind of didn't have the feel for any of his pitches, which, you know, uh, is not necessarily like him. This is a guy with a sub-six walk rate, top 50 in terms of walk rate, elite fastball velocity really good at getting ground balls, just wasn't able to pull it together against Chicago. Are you you kind of aiming for a bounce back in this back-to-back starting at Chicago?
2: Yeah, we don't know. I mean, I think this is around the point of this. uh, Right, at Ashcraft, it's the second half of these ranks. Like Quantrill through Keller, probably Rich Hill, I don't know how Rich Hill did tonight, uh, and below are the okay, all right, I don't really want to do this, but okay, here they are. While I would say, you know what, maybe Evaldi, even though he's throwing sub 94, he made it work last time. Oda Rizzi last two starts have been bad, but then against Miami maybe he does get it back together. Lauer's fastball command was terrible and he got lucky, I think, against Miami. It's harder against the Diamondbacks. That could work. You know, and Cal Quantrill is your Toby of the year. He is going to win the Flenderson. Um, as he has like a 3-5 ERA and a 124 whip or something, and it's just 16% strike error. I'm like, yep, that's that's your Toby of the year. But Ashcraft. We know the possibility here. We know it can work. I mean, he throws like 99 on a cutter. You know, yeah. it, it, this should be able to work. Sure, it didn't work out last time against the Cubs. That doesn't mean that it can't at all on Wednesday.
1: Speaking of should be able to work and very good fastball velocity, Johan Oviedo, a guy that you seem to have been interested in the past couple of starts, um, really, you know, pumping in 97 again against the Cardinals in that most recent start. Got the quality start, but not too great. Two walks, four Ks, two run runs, six hits over six. You're thinking maybe kind of struggles back to back against St. Louis, especially with this is a Wednesday game. So a St. Louis squad that's likely going to rest a lot of their players.
2: Yeah, that is a possibility. And that is something to consider with, uh, say, the um, Atlanta resting their guys for Braxton Garrett, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, that may raise him in my daily rankings. And by the way, of course, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm not just going to blindly take what I have right now and copy and paste. I'm going to be looking at what has happened. Maybe things are different for those days like that. Um, but Aviedo is volatile. I'm glad that he's looked better recently. That seven inning start against the Cubs was the first f- you know, sigh of relief. Like, oh, finally, he's actually doing things that I was hoping to see out of him. He was acquired in that Jose Quintana deal, by the way. That's why he's starting for the, the Pirates all of a sudden and not a relief. Uh, he did well against the Cardinals, but I think his command was kind of all over the place and he has good stuff, but he doesn't have command. 6% yeah. swing strike rate on the four seamer as well is a little startling when you throw 96 miles per hour. The Cardinals have also messed up Ortiz and Contreras um, recently. So, and you're wondering, wait a like, wasn't it the weekend and they're still playing the Cardinals. Yeah. It's like six games in a row. The Cardinals yeah. against the Pirates. The same thing for Rocky Road and the Dodgers. It's because we had to add on three more games, and just how it worked. But, oh boy, they must be sick of each other by Wednesday. Yeah, uh, Aviedo is a cherry bomb star. It's a, it's a real dart throw here. I think the peak is what we saw with the seven innings and not something we should expect the regularity yet.
1: Okay. Um, you hit the nail on the head Is Braxton Garrett, just a guy where you're checking what Atlanta's lineup is a couple hours before and then making the call.
2: Yeah, I think I think you can push them up the ranks if Atlanta is feeling good about it. The thing is, I <coughs> uh, they did not clinch it, I don't think tonight. Uh the Marlins were up last time I checked. Uh which would mean that if in the Mets was doubleheader tomorrow now rained out tonight. So, no celebrating for Atlanta, which means that Braxton Garrett's going to see a good lineup likely. Uh, yeah. And maybe maybe it's a, I don't actually know when that game starts. Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, looking at tomorrow, there's a double header at four 45, I believe and it's four o'clock, the Marlins game starts at six 40. If the nationals are destroying the Mets or something, maybe we'll see that, but I doubt it. I doubt that's what yeah. will happen. Um, so you you'll like to see Braxton Garrett against a tough Atlanta team. And even though that slider has been looking better, I might want to push up Sean Manaya above it. Uh, even though Sean Minaya has been really shaky, say for his last start where he had an opener, and he finally did okay. But man, I don't trust that slider being a 63% CSW again. I think that's just ridiculous. Uh, so Brax and Garrett and Sean Minaya are guys I'd like to avoid if I can, but I recognize that Garrett has a good slider. If that is working, maybe he can escape a start against Atlanta.
1: All right, let's move on to the final tier of the night, the Do Not Start tier. We're talking Nick Pavetta, Bailey Falter at Houston, Glenn Otto, Tyler Alexander, Ken Waldachuk, Davis Martin, Mitch White, Louis Varland, Andre Palante, Ranger Suarez, Josh Winder, Garrett Hale, Yusuke Kuciele, Iser Hernandez... Uh Daniel Lynch at Cleveland, Bryce Wilson, Paolo Espino, Jonathan Heasley, Eric Fetty, Chad Cool, Mike Bauman, Ryan Feltner, Chris Flexen, Spencer Howard, all those TBD Atlanta <laughs> Mets and Padres pitchers and the oh that was I think that's the last one. That's a lot of them. What do you got?
2: Yeah. Um I'm gonna call it ninety-eight degrees. Were they a four or a three? Oh, they were a four. You cannot have a boy band with a three. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, come on. That's just that's heresy. Okay. Uh, because you know, among all of these do not starts, you know there's going to be a Le- Nick Lachey. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. <laughs> all right, but you don't know anyone else on that. You think there's even three people and there or four? Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's uh,
1: let's let's sashay on over to our potential Lachey's. Uh, and see if we can find who the good laches are here, um, and see who the ones that we cherish are, uh, because I do cherish you. Okay, um, are you
2: looking up 98 Degrees now? Is that why? It- <laughs> no, no, no,
1: I remember yeah. I do cherish you. Who okay. was that? and um, I think Give Me One More Night was their other big hit. And then what was their third one?
2: There's something about heat in there, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, 98 g- Degrees is just like normal... I'm not influencing you at all. Like you're just normal in front of me.
1: Yeah, that's true. 98 You are a standard human being. <laughs> hey, you're, great. Uh, yeah. you're not sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are a 98.6 degree. <laughs> unlike um, me.
2: Sorry. Unlike me. So second uh, time.
1: Is, oh uh, this is what we're going to do. You can only pick one and I'm going to see if we can go through them. Bailey Falter coming off a fantastic start against Washington likely going to face a Houston squad that is not starting anyone on Wednesday is Bailey falter our Nick Lachey?
2: no i mean see that's the thing though i don't I don't know if I'm really going to see a lot of or we are going to see a lot of bad lineups on Wednesday why not I think well,
1: well I maybe know. not for I Houston because think... they won't start actually for another week
2: right and they want to keep guys fresh and everything like that right i think they're i think it's more important for teams to keep guys playing a lot maybe you'll see like one guy take a rest or something along those lines but i think this is a really tough start for billy falter he's done really well against weak teams and i think that's given us a grander impression of what he does you know he's took, taken taking down the cubs and he's taken down the morelands and the nationals Like, fine this is the astros be very careful with us.
1: okay um uh, what was it, Tyler I Alexander? Sneaky I've got right. sneaky ones. Tyler
2: you Alexander isn't so bad. Okay. Is he our Nick Lachey? No, okay. My, my Nick Lachey, you can't say it yet. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just, I can't get over the fact that we're calling this my Nick Lachey. It's like I'm giving him a rose or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, Tyler uh, Alexander's only given up four and runs in his last 18 innings.
2: Yeah, I still feel like you're going to be shorthanded if you go with T-Lex that's um, against your Orioles, your White Sox, and the Twins. It is against Seattle now. You could say maybe Seattle will, will take it easy on Wednesday because they have the Divisional Series in two days. I just don't think Tyler Alexander does enough. Uh, okay. it's, I mean, sure, he had a 16% swing strike rate last time, but the previous two starts were all underneath 10%. He has an 8.5 on the year. Yeah, I, I don't really think this is a good play.
1: Um, is, uh, Davis Martin coming off of the 103 pitch outing, uh, with no walks and eight K's thanks to 10 whiffs on his slider. Is he our Nick Lachey?
2: He is our Nick Lachey.
1: Wow. Ding, ding, ding. And the podcast, stop it right here.
2: It is. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool that uh, the slider is good. I remember the first time I saw Davis and I thought to myself, oh man, that slider is a legitimate one. And as, as long as he can get strikes with everything else, he should be okay, which is something I've said about another pitcher on his team a lot. But, and that last start felt like a Dylan C start um, with those sliders down and glove side consistently, with fastballs finding the zone a lot around 95 miles per hour. There's this stuff could work. This was against the Padres here. That's going to be a little bit tougher against the Twins. But yeah, I think uh, this might be the sneaky Nick Lachey start. It's in the do not start tier, everybody. Okay. I'm not telling you to go and pick up Davis Martin. But if you really need a Hail Mary, why don't I have him ranked to the top? Because I think the other ones have a higher floor and higher chance of hitting the floor or above it. But Davis Martin is the is the wild card Hail Mary play.
1: All right. If if Davis Martin is our Nick Lachey, then Mitch White is our Drew Lachey who was his brother who was in the band. No real need to Wait, dig into the him. Wait, seriously, were
2: brothers in the yes. band? Yeah. And, uh, and oh my gosh. Drew Nobody Lachey. Therapist. Yeah, seriously
1: cuz yeah. Oh, man. Uh there's there's a lot of other kind of, you know, stuff to sort through here. Uh Louis Varland, not really interested.
2: In kind of interesting?
1: Yeah, maybe
2: fastballs and stuff.
1: That's yeah, that's nice. I mean, could you make any case for for Ranger Suarez whatsoever? I mean, maybe
2: against Houston, he's he did well against the Giants. He did well
1: against, he did well against Atlanta.
2: Against the other weak opponents he had, but I don't really think that Ranger Suarez is pitching into his best. Andre Palante, and you're wondering where's Jack Flaherty? Wednesday, right now, it looks like it's Andre Palante, which doesn't surprise me because why wouldn't you? Save Jack Flaherty for that divisional series, um, in some fashion. So Pelante's going; he could go five innings against the Pirates. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's so many starts you should not be making down here. You know, I mean, the real the second half is just absolutely just go away. You saw Miles Michaelis here because it was clear that it would be Quintana. and Michaelis doubling up today. He went about three innings. But I, I is there anyone that you feel like, oh Nick, what are you doing here? Why, why is he here?
1: Not, not what are you doing here? I mean, I think there's like, I, I don't think Josh Winder is the worst necessary option he's if not you're Not the like worst. Extremely he's, he's, he's
2: above. I'd say you say Kikuchi is like the
1: the cutoff
2: like cliff of just like, please go away. Yeah, yeah. There's really <laughs> I'm not nothing. not starting below. Josh Winder. You know. No.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the rest of this list. I mean, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's Josh really Winder.
2: Tough. Um, last four starts, only one of them has gone five, more than five innings, or five innings or more. Um, and that was a poor quality start against Kansas City. So 300 runs, six innings, seven base runners, four Ks. Like That's a 4.5 ERA, one, one, 117 whip and a 16% K rate. Like, alright.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just that was looking a good at, one. And behind that too, there's really just like I mean, I don't, I don't think Bauman is is very exciting because he's not going to probably go past the fifth, and he can't strike out anyone. So it's it's yeah. sparse.
2: Yeah, it's pretty sparse. So more of the story. Go after all this stuff. I mean, there are a lot of under rostered ones. I would say from the questionable we'll starts here: Dakota Hudson, Jigo Derizzi, Michael Lorenzen, Graham Ashcraft, Javier Assad, who we didn't talk about, maybe has his cutter and his slider working um, against Cincinnati. Uh, Cole Irvin um, maybe could work against the Angels. Um, as I mentioned, Aviedo. Luis Sessa's slider maybe works against the Cubs and the aforementioned Braxton Garrett are all under rostered. Um, Adrian Sampson um is the only one left for Wednesday as Elder and Wasnaski went today. Wasnaski worked out. So see, clearly listen to me. Just don't listen to <laughs> that <about> Elder. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, but, yeah, fast, we did it. It's like 46 minutes, 47 minutes, something like that. That's a thing of
1: beauty. We did it, Nick. We did episode number 343 the the
2: of all the official one of the 2022 season.
1: Yeah, because next week we hit it off strong with 150 starting pitchers. You better get to work. You better no sleep. Have a have a, have a have I'm doing a crazy like
2: – I'm, I'm doing like an all-day 10 o'clock till it's done stream, I think.
1: I love it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, and then we'll be there next Monday before, to talk though. about it. No, no
2: eating before. I'm like, I got to eat baseball. No, no eating. Eat baseball. Eat baseball. Well, okay. All right. That's your sustenance. I'll see what I can do.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to do it then for episode number 343 of On the Court of the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast.
2: And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.